I didn't know if you had the Scooby Doo thing already. No, I didn't. You you had the Scooby Doo thing. Scooby Doo. Uh, we're just talking about how Taylor's work? not doing his job. Uh, on unanimous indecision, I'm Joshua Troop. I'm joined by Ian Rosmondo. I also just hit my elbow. And Taylor hey. Wilson. Howdy. Uh, it's becoming a regular crew. I'm liking it. Taylor's lazing off already, though. Uh, we'll be not, asleep in minutes. Not reading the news articles that... Unreasonable. All right. Wait, uh, there were news articles? There was something. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I kid, I kid, I read them. But, uh, yeah, so we, uh, I forgot to announce it last week, but we watched Sunshine, kind of a surprise, movie of the week. Uh, what is Sunshine, you may ask? It's probably because you've never heard of it. It's a movie that came out in 2007. Uh, it's like, it's fiction, action, maybe a little thriller, and... It's like it's like an indie film, so it's, it was really like it didn't. I don't know how wide of a an audience it garnered when it came, when it released. Um, but I'm curious about what your thoughts about it were because you when when I when I suggested this, you were like, "No, sunshine, that sounds stupid." <laughs> uh, and then like I, we were watching the movie, and you're like, "Well, dang, uh, it's actually not bad." I was like, "See, see." So what were your what were your thoughts? I guess before seeing the movie, I guess both you and Taylor, and then what were your thoughts after? Uh, you, I feel like my my initial thoughts is that you undersold it. Okay. Um, because you were just like, oh, it's this space movie with Chris Evans, uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I I watched Ad Astra, which was a space movie with Brad Pitt. That looked good. I thought it was kind of boring. Uh, but no, it's not just Chris Evans. We've got Cliff Curtis. We've got uh, Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy. I don't know how his first name. So pretty sure it's Killian Murphy. I think so too. Uh, Michelle Ye- Yeo, Yeo, uh, Hiro Yuki Sanada, Rose Byrne, Benedict Wong, Chris Evans, Trey Garrity, um, and a bunch of other people. But well, not a bunch of other people, a handful of other people. But uh, it is kind of crazy watching because I'm just like, whoa, Chris Evans is Captain America. Benedict Wong is Wong from Doctor Strange. Rose Byrne is Moira McTaggart from the X-Men. Uh, Hiroyuki is from the Wolverine movie. Uh, Killian Murphy is Scarecrow in Batman Begins. I was like, it's just a bunch of superhero actors in this space movie I'm in. Uh, of course the movie was before I think all of them did their superhero things maybe Chris had already done Fantastic Four 1 I forget what year that came out Uh, I think it was 5 2005 yeah um, maybe he was working on the sequel at the same time but yeah I enjoyed it 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 feels very cross genre kind of hops around it's interesting to see the problems they face and how they're overcome (laughs) and how they're not overcome in some cases but uh yeah i think it's just it's a cool adventure movie it's just a topical taylor yeah taylor what are your thoughts we had to drag you to watch this space movie (laughs) so I am a typical, you know, clean, sheared sheep. I'm very maintained. I'm very kept well by the industry. 
I, I like the movies <laughs> that they tell me to like. <laughs> I, I like the movies that they tell me to oh, like. Good. He's reading the script I read. As I say, don't <laughs> stray off of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm just a typical viewer that I would say I'm very, I think, uh, a very average viewer when it comes to movies. So usually I like the movies that are critically acclaimed, and I like the movies that are seen as cult classics, but. I usually don't go for very indie niche films that have a very small following or maybe unknown following. So going into this movie, I will say, honestly, I was like, okay, where does this movie go astray? Why is this movie not good? Because I don't, I've never heard about it. And I like to think that like, I at least care about, uh, you know, sci-fi and space enough to where I would even hear of it, even through, because I've always been interested in the stuff. I would have at least heard about it if it was good so since i didn't hear about it i kind of went in with a negative attitude like oh it's probably not going to be great and i will tell you the first act or two acts i really liked it was really good i i was very i was really uh what's it called um, not involved but uh just sucked immersed in. Yeah. yeah yeah immersed into the story <laughs> and it, it was very captivating so uh yeah and, and, and it started getting to the point where i was like okay it's got to get crazy in a bit because uh, it, it, it's it's moving at a pace that if it continues at this pace, nothing's going to happen. So, or it's going to be just like a trail off and nothing really uh, climatic happens. So, um, yeah, and then and then with that final act, it kind of went crazy. So I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Because as it was happening, there was things that were just like jolting and like maybe were... I think the pacing just rapidly increases, and it kind of throws you for a loop. I, I, I it just... definitely threw me off, because there's a spot where both of you guys were like, definitely sure this is what was happening. And in my mind, I was like, there's no possible way that was happening, because we were just talking about it being like weeks away. That yeah. was kind of weird. Um, there, there was no real mention about... So this specifically, we're talking about finding... Uh, the crew of the Icarus Two finding their um, predecessors, the, the at least the ship of their predecessors, the Icarus One, and so yeah, you were, they had talked about finding it, and they talked about going to it, and we I guess presume time had passed because they made their way there, and then just on screen like they come across the ship and they're like, all right, let's go, and but we don't ever get told anything, <laughs> and so you you weren't convinced that it was the Icarus One. We're like, no, like this is this is the Icarus One. They've got the same shield. The, the like the spherical shield plating whatever uh they're coming across it they're getting a spacesuits and you're like i i don't know like they haven't said anything like how is it how are they already there right it's just weird so but I, i'll give you that that one's kind of confusing that uh they just I, may, I don't know i don't know how to change that maybe if they had like given us a scene where they, we saw it like on a screen or something of, of them coming across it. I think you coming up to it first. Either have a wide shot, or although I don't know if the wide shot would fit in this movie, to be honest, um, you throw in a line of dialogue. Oh yeah, I, I would definitely just agree one sentence that. Um, but one of one of the faults, and this happens with a lot of like indie films or like films that are highly debated on like different plot points is that there's there's a lack of redundancy in a situation where the viewer cannot verify if something is completely true or not. So, yeah, when we when we come upon Incarus 1 in that scene, 
it's like extremely quick and they're already like involved with like docking and everything and you're like wait what are they doing like what what's this whole sequence of events yeah right you now? almost needed a conversation that like all right we're coming up to the icarus one or and what you like, said okay, like a wide a... shot of the ship coming into the other ship. yeah but it would be like the only wide shot in the whole movie except for the last one of the thing going near the sun <laughs> yeah, I guess so. um but like so i don't know if the shot necessarily fits but uh oh i guess there's a wide shot with mercury but it, but like i said because that's like the only one it feels weird um but other than that scene though i don't yeah. know if there's much pacing issues um I think one of the best scenes in the film is when Killian is talking to the the ship's AI Icarus, uh, and and it's like uh, trying to figure out like why they don't have enough air for the rest of the trip because they're like, well, there's only four of us left, we can make it. And Icarus is like, nope, there are five crew members. And Killian's character is like, Icarus, who? Oh, your cut, your your mic's messing up, Ian. Uh, your mic's who's the fifth crew member and like oh can you hear me what'd, you, what'd I yeah. go off Ooh. most of what you're saying but yeah uh, Icarus says that there's a fifth crew member and it's supposed to be the the oh no moment for the audience for the characters um, because like, we I, I guess up to that point we the audience think that it's just like uh, some sort of pressurization failure kind of thing just on its own Right, like you're in space, a million things can go wrong. Sometimes things do. Uh, so like, I, I we're we're all just thinking, wow, that sucks. <laughs> that is very unfortunate. Uh, and then there actually being a reason for it. Uh, it's like, uh oh, uh oh. Now I do wonder. Um, now, now let's jump into this movie. I, I guess I'll hold off on that statement because I, I think that's my big question about the movie. Um, the imagery in this film I thought was fantastic because right out of the gate, I don't know if y'all caught this, but right away, and I almost said it out loud, but I was like, I think that's the point. Um, and then they just kept harping on it, so it was definitely the point. The mm -hmm. very first shot, I think is of i don't want to say like an eclipse of the sun but i think it's their ship and it's like very small it's this small black dot in front of the big yellow sun yep and it looks like an eye does it now and I if you continue that. that throughout the movie whenever people go into the sol the solar window where they can look at the sun it's always focusing on their eyes Sometimes yes. it focuses on other things like their hand shaking or their their lips becoming chapped, but it always goes back to the eyes. Always goes back to the eyes. And then it, even further, and it was something y'all pointed out to, uh, I think Ian pointed out while we were watching it, that uh, kind of when we're transitioning to the third act, when we're on Icarus 1, uh, every time the flashlight crosses into the camera, which is when it hits our eyes the mm -hmm. light hits our eyes, we get the truth kind of thing of what happened to Icarus 1. Uh, and it's that the, they they essentially were killed by the sun, <laughs> the staring at the light. Um, and then the imagery continues with 
the mercury uh, again it's i use eclipse lightly because it doesn't hardly cover up <laughs> any of the sun but um when mercury is in front of the sun again it's an eye when uh they're they're back in the solar window and they're looking at their own shield into the sun it's an eye and the whole movie there's so much imagery of eyes and what you see and mm -hmm. uh the perception of things very true something else that if we're talking about like imagery and in, in the what we see um or maybe what we don't see every time we see uh pinbacker who shows up later in the film you never once get a good look at him ever right except for you could argue his eyes in that video in the video that's the one time and yeah. even then it's it's real um rough but throughout the entire time that we see him his image is either distorted to where like it looks like a the light is interacting with it weird or he's silhouetted behind glass or something you you never really get a good look at him throughout the entire film it and almost seems like why. he's not real <laughs> right like and maybe there's an argument that he's not real but like then there, mean, there's maybe. other things that happen that like if it wasn't him who was it but someone else uh, and if we wanted to go down that that rabbit hole i think it would be something similar to potentially what um took out icarus one i the issue is that they they kind of took their own way out by sitting in the observation deck right. with no shielding but from what we understand like with with pinbacker and i guess with i don't remember his name but um the guy on icarus 2 who is also obsessed with the sun um <laughs> it seems like there's almost there's they're almost like a cult following like worshiping the sun um uh, and i have a feeling that if that the if, if icarus 2's psychiatrist psychologist whatever had survived long enough he would may he might have turned out to be like pinbacker yeah I, I, and I wanting to cancel the mission that uh for whatever reason because that it seems like both of those characters are absolutely obsessed with the sun and even when um Kaneda is seeing the sun as he is is killed by its rays um i can't remember this character's name um mace Icarus II's like, or is it mace no that's chris evans character yeah that's chris evans character uh, trey cassie Kaneda, corazon uh, Searle, Kappa. Nope. Maybe Searle? I don't That's know. That's all of them. <laughs> Harvey. But, uh, Harvey's the, the second. Harvey? Okay. Uh, he's he's asking Kaneda, who's like actively being burned away, like, what, he, what does he see? What does it look like? Oh, yeah, Searle. Searle says that, yeah. Searle. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's it. Um, and I just have a feeling that if he had survived, the mission might not have been a success. Yeah, I think that's fair. You definitely um, get that vibe. I would definitely say, too, um, I think it definitely, I think this movie shows very well, like, the human nature of, like, such an important mission. Because the thing is, you get this duality of, like, humanity is on the brink of extinction because of just a coincidence. The star, this sun is dying, you know, our sun is dying, whatever. And we're, try, we're trying our very best to, like, piddle out there and do everything we can. Like, we've mined all the element 
of whatever they made the bomb out of. They say it in the movie, but they're like they mined just it fissile material. Yeah. Fissile material. That's it. <laughs> yeah, they mined all of it on Earth that they can get to build this one ship as a last hope, and it's almost like the psychologists and possibly Pinbacker as well, uh, as they approach the sun. Like he, t- the, one of the first things in the movie is him like experiencing the sun and then like talking to the crew about how it just in- envelopes you or uh, surrounds you and embodies you, um, and I think it's kind of like, and I meant to say this earlier, but the duality of like the power difference. It's like humanity likes to think that they're in control, but in reality, it's just this huge, like unimaginably big, powerful object in front of us. And it's like, as they approach it, uh, Pinbacker has a couple quotes too, where he's like how he says he's talked to God and, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, in a way, you could also, you could argue like the sun is a God in a way. It's created all these things inside of its realm of influence. And uh, it I mean, it's very been, easy to understand. Like this movie definitely focuses on uh, kind of that primitive mm-hmm. What, looking back at like human history how there are so many uh faith systems bait surrounding the sun yeah right um, and, and it's like watching this movie kind of shows how easy that is yeah yeah um and it, it's really scary too because it's like you see how they just become obsessed with it plus it's like the combination of like the incredible isolation like, right I honestly, it's it's crazy to me that like this crew was ever even convinced that they were gonna make it back. Like, <laughs> like it's just like it doesn't seem like a from the circumstances of how they're describing it, um, it just doesn't seem like something that they. Especially because like, so their shield. Yeah, were they just gonna back up? Was that the plan to keep I guess going they had... forward and then to back up? Because the shield is only on one side of the ship. Maybe they could like. Oh, that's a good point because they can't. There's not thrusters on the shield, so they wouldn't just be able to like reverse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know how. Were they? Just they were. They were lied them? to. They were lied to. <laughs> yeah. I they guess. were told they could make it home. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Fortunately, they didn't have to find out. <laughs> Fortunately. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, I'm one thing I was saying that because it didn't really happen with Icarus one, but if if Pinbacker didn't really exist, which I'm not convinced, I think he probably did. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we had the whole arm degloving. Um, oh man! But <laughs> yeah, yeah, visceral. Um, but if he didn't exist, it seems like it would be like mass hysteria, right? Or or one person again, if whatever his name is, Searle, is that his name that we decided on? The He's guy who's just some psychiatrist? Yeah. Okay. If he had survived up to that point, I would say it's hysteria and he was the one offering crewmates. Right. Um, but because he didn't it it couldn't have been anyone else because they were all dealing with different things at different time at the same time. So I think he has to have been there. Yeah, I'm, I don't know, I'm definitely with you. Uh, it's so interesting the way this movie told it because it's like there's very clearly like three definitive acts, but at the same time, they also are like very tonally different. Mm-hmm. And like the only through line, I guess, 
is like uh Killian Murphy and Chris Evans characters, Kappa and Mace. Right. Cuz like that's kind of the first character interaction we really get that's like uh meaningful. Right. Um and it's that they're fighting. Okay, they're fighting. But then they accept responsibility and they kind of move on. But clearly there's still some uh, resentment about it <laughs> so much so that uh, Mace volunteers Kappa to step outside. <laughs> uh, and so, like, they, there's this constant back and forth, but then when, like, at the very end, they, like, absolutely need each other because the two of them are probably the most important people on the mission. Right. Um... Like, definitely everyone has a purpose, but, like, for the mission objectives. I mean, that's what they were t- talking about specific. when it said, like, when it ha- like how do we choose who lives and who dies? Yeah. Or or who gets the suit? Obviously, like, when they're saying the physicist gets the suit. Because when, when there were, right. what, four people that needed, that needed that wanted to get back, but only who was the most important to the mission? The physicist who was the only one who could arm the bomb? Right. Which, from a mission perspective, is not a great idea. <laughs> if he's yeah. the only one that can arm the yeah, bomb it, and he dies from sickness three months into the mission it is crazy that however many it felt like this mission was years long mm-hmm. and it's crazy there was like almost no redundancy in any position like there's only one oxygen technician right that's uh, not great you, only you one psychiatrist to have a couple different, <laughs> yeah. couple I, I, I guess the spot where they had redundancy is they had two engineers slash pilots mm-hmm but even within them, it looked like they had completely different responsibilities with no crossover. Because yeah. Mace was like, no, I do the cooling towers. That's me. Um, and then I guess Trey is also an engineer. Do He's a mathematician engineer doing all the math. It, it's just like, yeah, like the roles are so divided that and again, no each overlap. person should have a role, but you should have a secondary thing that you are able to do as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. And potentially even a tertiary, especially if you have a, a, a single crew of like eight people total for this yeah. journey. It is crazy because I felt like the ship was pretty big. So it's crazy that there's... The ship I mean, is massive. Like it's so large that they're riding like electric scooters down hallways. Yeah. Like you could probably, if Why you wanted to, you could probably people? spend. Is it just the oxygen problem? But probably, well, because oxygen you gotta store it somewhere. That's a lot of yeah. a lot of oxygen you need. Uh, food. How much money do you think this was made for? Not a what lot. What was the budget of this? Um, Want to take a guess? Take a gander. I'd say. Well, I guess it would include uh, actor contracts. I'll say. I'm gonna say four million. No, I'll go higher. Six, six million. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say twenty-five. Remember, all these actors are well known now. Now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so so six and twenty-five. Yeah. Uh, this movie was made for for twenty-three million dollars. Oh, nice. The so, visuals. Taylor were The visuals did look good. Um, they looked very good. For t- but I also, uh, I was toying with maybe they were just like simple to make because like, what what are they? It's a lot of gray. And then it's yellow. Right. <laughs> and then it's, yeah. um, it's just the rendering takes a lot of time. We did get yeah. a very nice explosion. We did get a nice explosion. When they're um, entering the sun, that's a really sick sequence. It's a very... Um, yeah. 
artistically the space the 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 cube all three spacewalks i should say were really cool Mm -hmm. because if you're gonna do a space movie you gotta have a spacewalk um and i think the first one is like the spacewalk sequence where like oh we're just gonna go outside and do some uh, maintenance of course Mm -hmm. kind of goes wrong goes right um that's but then, like, the second spacewalk is, like, just a really interesting one. And I don't know, from, like, a science perspective, I thought it was really cool. They're, the, the guy's immediately like, this whole rocket's made of insulation. Maybe we can insulate ourselves. I have no idea if that would actually work. Probably wouldn't, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you um, can't hold your breath in space. You but no, you, you have to exhale your breath because your lungs yeah. will expand. But why not try and launch yourself directly into... the from one ship to the other and like i don't know i thought i thought a lot of the science at least sounded reasonable even if it's not correct um, <laughs> there wasn't anything that i was like what that doesn't make sense yeah the fact that um, they lose harvey on that little um yeah because he hits stunt. The... <laughs> yeah i think uh i think it's like agreeable you're like oh yeah see it didn't go perfectly as right it, it wasn't a great I... that's kind of the thing is everything that is achievable even though it is possible, someone dies at every point, right? Right. Every time there's a problem, someone dies. Uh, for every problem, because like, which is, Trey, which is not a good fatality rate. Trey's calculations mess up. Canada dies. Uh, Pinbacker blows the airlock, which causes Searle to stay behind, dying, and then Harv- and then they decide to jump all together, which I guess. Again, they they rationalize it really smartly that you might as well at least try. Um, and that stunt results in Harvey's death, and then the cooling tower malfunction results in Mesa's death. Like every single problem results in someone's death, mm-hmm. um, which is like kind of rewarding from a story perspective. That like there's a lot of stakes to this movie because every problem means someone dies. I really liked the morality question of like choosing who to, who to, like who should live and who should die, because like at one point they start running out of oxygen and uh, due to due to uh, just accidents and whatnot, the crew gets down to a size where only one person needs to die in order for the rest to survive. And so, uh, Trey uh, Mace Mace uh, Chris Evans' character is like, it should be the guy who made them who's made some pretty bad mistakes uh and who's like drugged into like unconsciousness 23 hours of the day like he should be the one to go because he's not providing anything useful and everyone else is like i don't want to do this I, this is such a bad thing to like decide to do it and he's like you know what it has to be done right so he kind of steps up and he's like you know what i'll be the bad guy but it's what needs to be done for the rest to survive and i was like that's uh I was, of, I was kind of surprised this movie like it's definitely actually cause... addressed that at all Mesa's definitely made out to be like this this bad guy that like he gets mad at uh Kappa for talking to his family. He right. <laughs> he gets mad at but then like when it really comes down to the crucial moments, he's the There's one like an he's the one that says Kappa's mission critical. He's the right. one that like he's he's the only one that actually gets it, but because no one else exactly does Kaneda does too, but that's kinda why he probably has to die you have to kill the captain kind of thing to cause the chaos 
Also, um, I think it probably helps that in the end we realize that Mace is right. He was the yeah. only one that was right. And it's the presumption that if they would have never gone after Incarus 1, they would have not... There wouldn't have been They probably would have only lost the captain. Problem. No, because that came about due to the trajectory change. Oh. Literally every problem Do you think it... stemmed yeah. from going off objective. Yeah. And, and they didn't even pick up the payload. They didn't. They right. left it. They it, didn't get to shoot it because it was the, an entirely the, useless. Yeah. yeah. Entirely uh, useless. It all came from one decision of humanity, like like we we're saying, human like one life versus <laughs> uh, thousands right. or right. But it is I crazy because like it's that... like they they did rationalize it spectacularly, where it wasn't even from a human life perspective. But they were just like, but we could have two bombs, and that perspective right. is is worth debating. Yeah, um, two bombs, two chances. Because this is yeah. f- first off, like as the movie said, like this bomb is theoretical. The fact that we can drop it and it'll work, we don't even know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and since each ship is carrying only one payload, just the fact of having a second one gives them a second chance. Yeah. Or th- I think they say like something like, if you're going to have a lasso or something, why not have two or something <laughs> like that? It's it's like have two chances at a lasso rather than just one i really liked that throughout the film there's such like animosity between mace and kappa yeah it's good and then when especially when they're trying to shoot back into the airlock of the other of icarus one mace is like you know what he's mission critical as you said he's the one that needs to get the suit and then when they're escaping from pinbacker or mass hallucinating who knows um, <laughs> no, they, I think we can. I think Pinbacker's Pin there, yeah. yeah. Um, Mace sacrifices himself to to keep the mission going, right? And and says like to Kappa, like you need to go and do this. You have to. You're the more important one here. Make sure that that like we can continue on. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the end, like he turned. I don't know if he necessarily turns himself around in our eyes because I don't know if he was ever truly horrible in our eyes but he has like a like a an understanding passes i guess between him and and kappa yeah well i think i don't know it's hard to say because i i personally didn't think it this way because i was like well mace is kind of right but i think it is still a lot of negative it's it's portrayed that like mace is kind of a jerk but right like he he doesn't actually apologize right like Mm -hmm. um but then when it comes to that uh, spacewalk scene, he doesn't even hesitate and starts putting the suit on Kappa. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like, there's like never him, a thought in his mind. Yeah, and, and I think it goes to say like how important Kappa is that we only get one shot of Earth. Like, with the, the movie starts and we're already in space. We're in the middle of this mission. We're kind of mm-hmm. towards the latter half of it in reality. Uh, and the only shot of Earth we get is of Kappa's family. Right. His sister. And I think that's just how important Kappa was, kind of thing. Like that that's what the story's trying to tell us is that he, he was the, he real was one. the only one that could do it. He yes. had to make it to the end. Uh I do have an interesting thought, going back to the morality thing. So Trey uh kills himself <laughs> yep and they uh right this is when they're debating all right there's not enough oxygen for four people we need to get it down to three 
At this point, they don't know that Pinbacker's aboard the ship. If Trey hadn't have killed himself, they would know Pinbacker was on the ship. How do you mean? Because Trey would be able to say that he didn't do it. That's very true. <laughs> he would be able to say that he was doped up or whatever. He like yeah. that that's the thing that's it's just one more thing that has gone wrong. Um because they think that, oh well, it solved the oxygen problem. He did the airlock thing also. It it was such a narrative fit just by sheer happenstance, but he was dead probably even before the airlock incident happened. I think you might be right, because we, we get a scene of uh, Trey, I don't remember exactly when, but it was when they were... I think this might have been when they found the, the crew. Because that was, I think, his whole reason for wanting to go was to go save the crew, right? right. Go to go look for them. And when one of the characters says, uh, hey, I found the crew, and like it's it's them dead... I think that's when we get the shot of Trey like looking aghast or looking like um, upset and turning away. And I think you're right. That might be this. That might be. When and then he, he goes and decision. walks off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like that's it. We never see him again until we know. Um, also, I'll say that when when um, when Mace goes to actually kill Trey upon finding him, when he goes to get a scalpel two of them are gone and we can presumably say it's the scalpel that Trey took to slice his hands but then it's also the scalpel that Pinbacker took mm, to kill yes. the other girl yes. so it was kind of like foretelling like why would Trey take two he can't right. hold both of them <laughs> in both his hands and slice I guess you could slice both hands he's ambidextrous man <laughs> but yeah it's two that are missing and that's a very good point yeah the other one Pinbacker had yeah, really cool movie though. I mean, starting off with just like not a simple space mission, but kind of an interesting one. Uh, we get a little Mercury orbit, then we get docking with another spacecraft, and then we get a final fight scene. Actually, um, yeah, I really wish there was more footage of like the demise of Ingress One. Like, I want to know what you happened. want a prequel. I want, well, I want, like, I wish they would have gone on the ship and been able to, like, see recovered footage of, like, them, uh, like, like, even when it was okay kind of thing. Like, snapshots, and they're, like, speeding forward in I think time. that's a little too too on the nose if you show it. Like, it removes the mystery, right? Yeah, I, 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 um, I understand. The mystery is what makes it kind of magical, but also yeah. it's, like, the curiosity kills me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because it's, like, this guy probably it really, spent it would have been over... Interesting. How many months? I guess years you could do it by like, himself, uh, just sitting in front of the sun. What's that? What's that one movie? It was several um, years. You could do it like Cloverfield, almost the first one, where the movie ends with like that nuclear bomb or whatever. But then there's still footage, kind of thing, about like a sub, kind of the very beginning of the story. I think is how Cloverfield ends. Have y'all reviewed I think the, all the Cloverfield? No, we haven't done any of them. No. Oh, but, uh, gotta go through the whole But thing. yeah, like, the bombs drop, and then it goes back to Coney Island, which is, like, even before the movie, like, fully picks up. And so I, I wonder if you could do something like that, that after you've had all this suspense, then you go back to the Icarus One crew, and maybe the first time they look through the solar shield kind of thing. Yeah. 
um, in their amazement and attachment and just beginning as, of insanity. Just as like a side question, have y'all seen all the Cloverfield? Nope. I've only seen the first no. one. Really? So y'all haven't seen the second the Bunker... one looked really good though. Have y'all seen the one? I don't know which one's the first one. It's but... Cloverfield and Cloverfield Lane, then uh, Cloverfield Paradox. There's only three, right? That sounds right. Okay, so I think the first one's like they're in the sewers and it's hand recorded, right? Starts off at a party. Yeah, and they go they're to like the in sewers. New York. Yes, that's okay. the big statue. The of second Liberty one is about the bunker. Right. The third one's about space or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember you telling me about it, that it was super confusing. Very confusing, <laughs> very strange, very wild and weird. But I think J.J. Abrams directed the last one. The second one, though, <laughs> really like it. It is extremely suspicious. Yeah, it looked good. That's the way the first one was, too. Yeah, it's, it's literally about the family in a bunker, and they are living out the chaos of the first one, and they're not... A, they. It's like, basically, there's a war... Right. And it's all these aliens, and they're just, like, hiding out in a bunker, and you follow their story. And it is wet and wild. And I feel like scary. the Cloverfield movies are so weird, because you don't fully understand what the heck's going on Two's in, like, any of them. is extremely low, I imagine. Right, because it's one set, basically. It, it, it's essentially one set, and then one outdoor set. It's like an indoor set, like a, you know, yeah, just a planted in a field. Yeah. <laughs> Really good movie. It was. I thought it was enjoyable. But yeah. Well, we're already moving off sunshine, so let's go ahead and move to the news. If you knew the channel, that's kind of the way the show goes. Uh, it goes at our own leisure because it's just a conversation about movies. This week, our conversation was about sunshine. Sure, we don't give the most technical analysis about uh, movies, but this is the kind of conversation you'd have at lunch or with your coworkers or with your friends because that's what we are. Right, right, guys. <laughs> uh, I'm being forced to say yes. Oh, there we go. At least he read the part where I wrote he, that he's forced. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you like what we're doing here, go ahead and rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to us: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the like. Uh, also, like a follow us, like us, whatever the heck Facebook allows you to do. Unanimous indecision. Join the group uh, so that you can find out just when we post new episodes and we could have conversations on there talk about talk about movies because who doesn't like to do that uh but we start out with the movie movie talk and then we move on to the movie news the latest stuff sometimes tv shows uh but ian why don't you take it away uh i guess we should probably get something really sad out of the way first um so Ken Spears, the co-creator of Scooby-Doo, passed away last Friday uh, at the ripe old age of 82. Um, really sad because his creation... So Scooby-Doo is not his only creation, but his creations have been like gracing the minds of children for several decades now. It's got to be like uh, 50 years, 60 years like that he's influenced. I mean... Well, he... so. He in in 1959 he joined uh, Hanna Barbera Productions as a sound editor, and while working in the editing department, he met Joe Ruby, and the two of them co-created several shows, including Scooby Doo Where Are You, Dino Mutt, Dog Wonder, and Jabberjaw, um, <laughs> which are some really good shows. Uh, and in 1977, Spears and Ruby created their own studio, Ruby Spears Productions. 
and they produced several animated series, including Superman, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Fang Face, Mr. T, The Plastic Man Comedy Adventure Hour, Thundar the Barbarian, and Saturday Supercade. So they had a very good career. Um, and it, they, I mean, right? They were household names back then. Right. Like, absolutely. Uh, Have you ever watched any of those shows? I haven't, but I want to say I've actually heard of the Plastic Man one. <laughs> I have not heard of the Plastic Man one, but I'm very interested to see what the synopsis <laughs> of the show is about. Yeah, me too. What about you, Taylor? Have you seen any of these shows? Well, obviously the ones that got carried on into additional franchises, like Scooby-Doo, Alvin and the Chipmunks. What was the one before that? The one. Before... Uh, I mean, Superman was in the list. Like... Superman yeah. was... Yeah. As well as Dynamite, Dog yeah. Wonder, Dynamite, and Jeopardy. which was featured in the latest, the that latest was, Scooby Doo movie. That was Dynamite, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that was Dynamite. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, that sucks. I mean, I mean, he's eighty-two, but these things happen. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I think it just goes to show you that the, this dude has led such an influential life, um, just through the creation of five simple characters right uh, in the scooby-doo family there's five right mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but, as far as you know are you counting scrappy uh, you're right you're right what a genius creation no i'm just kidding but uh yeah i mean with five simple creations and yet like not only are they still making it but people like of whatever age but between the people that watched it 50 years ago and the, us and the, the people who are, I guess, like eight years old right now, like everyone's still watching Scooby-Doo kind of thing. Right. It's it's still as big as it ever was. Um, yeah. And it'll continue to be enjoyed by children for decades to come. Right. They, yeah. Because there's so much of it and now it'll be available very easily with streaming services and... It makes you wonder, like, just like when you look at someone like him, and then you take take a step back on like how we indulge into entertainment. Um, I mean, we really are. I mean, the world's population has been skyrocketing since the industrial age, but it really makes you think about like how we have entire eras that are remembered at when like when you think about that era you think about okay what was the economy like what was the culture like what was the music like what were people doing what were people struggling with what were the advancements that they had but also how did they enjoy themselves what kind of media were they consuming if anything what were the trends Mm -hmm. and what were the household slash um characters or caricatures that were played out in society uh about current events and I feel like it's like Scooby-Doo is definitely one of those major, uh, you know, character groups uh, along with, like, Mickey Mouse and all that. I I mean, it's hard to say where it falls on the list on that scale of, like, how influential characters are. But, like, it, it would be interesting to take a step, like, 400 years into the future and see how these characters are portrayed in our time period. Because it's like, you know, there's so much media now, it's so competitive. And then to have someone who was so influential with so many different characters, it's kind of interesting. Right. Um, Sam Register, the president of Warner Brothers Animation and Cartoon Network Studios, uh, had a 
really good statement to say about um, Ken's passing. So Warner Bros. Animation is saddened to learn of the passing of Ken Spears, and we send our warmest thoughts to his loved ones. He was a true innovator in the industry whose gifts of humor and storytelling continue to delight audiences. You cannot find a screen in the world that has not played a version of Scooby-Doo. We continue to be inspired by his work at Warner Brothers Animation and are honored to carry on his legacy of his beloved characters. And I mean that in that it kind of sums it up perfectly. Scooby-Doo's been everywhere. Yeah. It to think about it's that it's been there seen hasn't by everyone. A screen. <laughs> it's probably pretty close. I mean. Right. Yeah. That yeah, I mean it's just been around for so long. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean even my dad talks about how as a kid like a young kid like uh, elementary and early middle school um you only had three or four channels on your local network right. um, unless you were really rich um you got all the special channels but uh in those special channels only added like you know 10 channels um, <laughs> but he said yeah number Ooh. i think he said like channel four channel two saturday morning was cartoon time and scooby-doo was on there and I forget the other couple ones, but he Flintstones said it was, and yeah, Jetsons, yeah. all those. It was well always known. Scooby-Doo. That is kind of crazy to think about, because you just think about the shows that we watched when we were kids. Jimmy Neutron, Fairly Odd Parents, uh, Rocket Power, and, and there's plenty of other ones that I'm not mentioning. But uh, if you think about those, and then you think about kids today, if you ask them about it, they probably wouldn't know what the heck we were talking about. And that was only 10 years ago. I mean, right. obviously it was a little longer, but 15 years ago. A lot of times, uh, children's shows don't survive time. Like, you, yeah. we talk about a lot of the shows that we watched as kids that, as you just said, a lot of kids nowadays had never even heard of. Yeah, but and there's... Scooby-Doo survived. Scooby-Doo has been a children's show for 60 years. <laughs> yeah, and there's been, like, there's a lot of cult classics within each, like, generational child group, like... We grew up like, you know, Fairly Odd Parents, Jimmy Neutron. Um, SpongeBob was huge, so and it's still huge, so it's hard to say that that was kind of an iconic figure of our time. But like, uh, iCarly, uh, Drake and Josh, like these live oh, yeah. action shows as well. Um, and then you realize, like, there's like now, us being in our mid 20s now, or getting to our mid 20s, there's entire sections of TV shows that we missed because. They were right after our shows, and those shows are now discontinued. And there's right. people that are younger than us or, that are like, oh, do y'all remember watching this show? And I'm like, what show is that? And that yeah, that was after our time. And, and it was like 2013 to 2016. Like, there's already been two generations past us of yeah. shows. But it just goes to show you the longevity of Scooby-Doo. I actually recently right. heard, uh, not to diminish this one because Scooby-Doo is awesome, um, but how dare you uh, but to talk about it <laughs> additionally uh, I actually just heard that someone else passed this last week also an icon of television um, however we all can recognize his face and it's Alex Trebek oh yeah, yeah. he finally uh, he's been struggling for a while with cancer but uh, it finally took him but he is very open about everything he was going through and uh uh, apparently he was like still filming Jeopardy episodes pretty recently. I mean, it's got to be so, the most popular game show of all uh, time. Definitely, I mean, definitely by a long shot. It's also it's one of the most longest running and shows, for, maybe. Yeah, and for him to have been the host pretty much since its inception, as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, that like, 
man, two two legends uh, mm-hmm. of television. Whether it's animated for for kids or just general knowledge for two hundred, uh, <laughs> like re- real legends lost this week. Uh, but for, to... fortunately, Jeopardy will live on uh, yeah. because it's such a um, I don't know what the word is, but uh, it's so like it's almost fantastical watching jeopardy like the things people know even though like some of it sure because ultimately jeopardy is all of jeopardy could be summed up as general knowledge and then it's categorized yeah Mm -hmm. um and the problem is that most people don't know things about the individual categories yeah uh and and that's why jeopardy is so cool uh but so fortunately that will live on i can't imagine scooby-doo's ever going anywhere (laughs) uh (laughs) yeah it's it when thinking about like all of these icons who were icons to our parents but also you know even in our time period it makes you realize like you know people are living a lot longer now but it's still crazy how many leaders of the world in a lot of things or like leaders in their niche are getting up there and i mean every day i'm like hey even since high school i was like when not that I care, but, like, when is the queen going to go? Like, the queen, Elizabeth <laughs> the second is 90? Ouch. What is she, 96? She's, 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 she's going to live forever. Yeah, she'll like, outlive us all. Yeah. Like, at this point, I'm like, 94, 96, no difference. She's going to, will she beat Joe Biden? Probably. What's crazy is, like, talking about the queen of England, I feel like there's only been, like, one time where we even, like, heard that she was sick. That right. too. She doesn't get <laughs> like, sick. She's, well, or we just don't hear about it. Apparently, she's I mean, we're also in America, so yeah. <laughs> I, I read but. a small thing about how she's incredibly private about yeah. all of her personal manners, and that's why everyone loves her and has loved her for yeah. so long is because she doesn't let her personal opinions or personal uh, stance take hold. Is like also, well, I mean, yeah, she doesn't. She she I mean, has influence but not power. Yeah, that that's what we should all yeah. strive to be. Uh, from what Taylor said, just keep uh, your personal life you know, personal. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's a personal life. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, let, let's keep going through the show. Let's move it along. Um, <laughs> we have some more uh, movie dates being being set back. Ah, yes. This some was more, incredibly surprising. <laughs> uh, shock to, uh, shocking every single person in existence, uh, Disney has officially pulled Free Guy and Death on the Nile off of the December calendar. Those will be getting pushed to somewhat so, somewhere in 2021 likely uh did they get new dates very much um i don't know if they got new dates yet okay i wasn't sure if i missed it but uh, i don't i don't think, I don't so. think so um okay. so free guy was expected to debut december 11th and death on the nile was expected to come out on december 18th so far these are being pushed back they are still expected to get uh theater release dates and not go on disney plus um but I mean, with with them being moved, I think pretty much the only thing that's left uh, is Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, which is likely going to move. Um, There's and, still Crudes and two, the Crudes, right? yeah, the Crudes too. Um, uh, is I think coming out on Christmas Day. No, is it Christmas? Is it Thanksgiving? Yeah, it Crudes, Christmas Crudes is Thanksgiving. Wonder Woman's Thanksgiving. Oh, Christmas. Jeez, now you got me mixed up. Aha, uh, got you. Yeah, Wonder Woman's Christmas. Crudes is Thanksgiving. Um, so if you're feeling like you want to go to the movies with your family, you might be able to go see something new. 
<laughs> as of today, but Thanksgiving is like three weeks away, so we'll see. Um, yeah, is kinda, Monster Hunter set to release this year? Yeah, but I think it's like the thirtieth of December, mm. so it's it's out there. Yeah, but if that's um, the only movie in theaters, I don't imagine many people are going to see it. I'll be going to see it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you're not many people. You're, I am one, and one is me, and woe <laughs> is me. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of... So I think Death on the Nile, probably going to get a new date probably next November, December, because, I don't know, it's more serious film. I think it's kind of more oscar baity even though it's mm-hmm. i wouldn't even necessarily put it there but it might get something uh maybe an actor or something or an ensemble definitely up there for best ensemble with the actors they have involved uh yeah. so, I, so i put that probably towards the end of next year competing against dune because i think that got an october date of next year uh free guy i'm a little surprised that they're not putting that on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't feel like. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer for Free Guy? Yes, okay. I've seen the trailer. Um, it it looks seems expensive. Wild. That's what it seems like. So that's fair. <laughs> it does yeah. seem expensive. Yeah. Uh, hey, that'll be. Hey, I'm telling you, twenty four right now, twenty five next year. I'm telling you, forty year forty come around. Hopefully, I make it. That's going to be entertainment. Entertainment's going to be signing in and... I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> you know, complete AR, VR, immersion. AR movies. That'd be a nightmare. It would be sick. Can you imagine, like, the medieval VR movies that people could make? Like, I am so well, ready I mean, for the next medium I, I feel of like, movies. Honestly, I think what's kind of the telling of that is... Uh, as an example, there's some other ones out there, but the VR Star Wars games, mm-hmm. uh, Vader Immortal, from what I hear, uh, like super interactive and just completely involved. And then people were like, there were times where I forgot I was playing a video game and I was just standing around watching the the movie. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, there's so much going on around you. I, I, uh, I I'm totally ready for it because like. I remember I was in high school and I wrote a letter on, well, it wasn't a letter. It was a mock-up to this group who were taking submissions for next era, like, inventions that were, like, futuristic. And I was like, look, we have GoPros. We have these high-tech cams. Why can't we just put film in high resolution in a sphere and then stream that footage to a VR set, which are now being made, and then you have basically VR now. (laughs) Yeah, and like apparently Mark Cuban, like a year or two later after I wrote that submission, announced that the NBA at his he stole your idea. Well, the NBA. I'm not saying he stole it. I'm just saying he has a good idea because I had a good idea. (laughs) We both had a good idea. I'm not saying he. My ideas are good. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he stole it. I'm just saying, hey. He looked at your paper. He read it and was like, "I made this." Yes, <laughs> and then took your idea. And 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 I was just thinking like it would be awesome to stream like live sporting events because it would be like you're in the stands watching and it's very immersive and maybe you could have like an overlay of like the overshot like the bird's eye view. But it's just the seeing what VR can do makes me excited to see like wow like we could literally be filming like high quality movies where 
it just fades you in and out into static positions where you watch entire conflicts as like a bystander. Like imagine it spawns you like on like a uh, a porch, like a, a window porch on like Kinda. an alley, and then it shows like a conflict happen, and you're following this character like doing all this stuff. And I don't know. It, it, I think it's I think it's the next realm of movie immersion. I kind of felt that a little bit in 1917. It's not obviously yes. like at the it's still a 2d screen and whatnot it still has the yeah normal limitations of any movie but yeah. i felt like 1917 did kind of capture that idea of i'm standing right next to him or in front of him he's talking to me yeah um and and i think it'll i think it won't replace film because there's definitely like it'll just artist- be something else yeah yeah it'll be like like the way they shot 1917 is like you're a ghost with them mm-hmm. like you can they're not interacting with you and you're not interacting with them but like I guess VR would be like, well, since you're so immersed, it makes sense that you're there in a way. So it, it, it would only right, you work. You could like, acknowledge them. Yeah, but like you're not allowed. <laughs> you could to. Deadpool it. Yeah, but Break like the fourth uh, wall. Yeah, it would have to be justified. That would be a fun movie to test it out with. Is Deadpool <laughs> and have Deadpool interacting with the audience, and he's like, "Oops, I killed you." Um, <laughs> Here, hold this real quick. Yeah, <laughs> it's a grenade or something. Yeah, uh, that'd be funny. But like, yeah, that that'd be a fun one. But yeah, December movies leaving. This sucks. Uh, understandable, but it sucks. Uh, I all right. Anyone want to give odds on whether Wonder Woman stays? It's yeah. not going to. Not going to. It's not going to. It's going to be definitive. Move. I do, just... th- There's no way that Wonder Woman's going to be the only movie in theater. They're not just or like or they are not going to open back up for one single movie. I'm, I I kind of agree with you, but uh, well, the movie theaters are open. It's a question Some of, of whether the studios want to to risk it, right? Right. Uh, I mean, I guess there's an argument to be made if you're the only movie out, you're the only movie that people can go see. And that was the logic that Tenet used, and it didn't quite, at least, break even. Probably with its uh, advertisements increase to the budget and then uh, the media campaign kind of thing uh, right. added to its budget but it might make it up in DVD sales with the number of people that didn't see the movie <laughs> uh, it's possible although I heard the DVDs potentially going to be very expensive <laughs> it's so soon right how, uh, how uh, I was what is the like price range $40 like, but Holy I, cow. I think that's I think that was the recommended retail price, so I guess retailers in competition with each other could lower it down to the normal 30 bucks. I don't know how it works. Um, I don't know what a normal recommended retail price is, so... Uh, but yeah, Wonder Woman, it's like it's kind of a toss-up to me, and the only reason is, if they were going to move it, why haven't they moved it already? They forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, uh, part of me was like, "Will Death on the Nile and Free Guy are still there?" And those are just like the week before and three weeks before or something like that. So I was like, maybe they're still depending on those to kind of revitalize a little bit to get mm-hmm. people in for Wonder Woman. But now that they're gone, it's like any day now they should announce it. But if they don't announce it this week, what are they waiting for? Yeah, that's the. I mean, that's the question now. Like, what are they waiting for? Um, Why? I, I guess are they maybe just they're just out? looking for a date? Like, where would I don't you, know. where would you move it to when you when you move it? You want to announce a location for it? 
uh, because it's a big movie, people don't want to hear it's been moved indefinitely. Kind of. Yeah, because if you don't if you don't uh, give a date, then you're just like, well, you just pulled it from the schedule. Uh, I even heard uh, it wasn't in this article, and I don't remember what the movie was called, but uh, there's already been some movement in January, out of January. So really? it's like that really is starting to not bode well for Wonder Woman. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I I kind of said it if Wonder Woman moves. The next date to really look for is March, if Wonder Woman moves. If Wonder Woman stays, things get interesting. Uh, it seems like the Croods is staying. I'll say that. <laughs> I don't think the Croods are going anywhere. I don't think the Croods is going to be making a lot of money. Uh, maybe not, but uh, yeah, I think if Wonder Woman stays, things get interesting. But if it goes... Things will probably be moving out of January, out of February even. And we get a start looking at the March movies to see if those stick around. Well, we talked about... Uh, moving along, if, if you're cool with that. Yeah, keep we, going. We, we talked about uh, movies... Like, if, you don't, if you're going to move something and you don't give a date, you're just pulling it from the schedule, and then people are like, well, what's going to happen? That is exactly what MGM has done. Uh... So MGM has moved uh, its Aretha Franklin uh, biopic, Respect, from That's January 15th to August yeah. 13th. Uh, but additionally, they pulled the their Tomb Raider sequel, starting Alicia Vikander, from March 19th. And they just never gave a... They haven't given a date that they're moving it to. Uh, which I'm a bit upset about, because I've been, <laughs> like, hyping this movie up for since the, sequel came, or since the original came out. Um, I... Oh. Uh, I honestly what, didn't know that it was coming yeah, out. What did you just it's supposed to come out in March. What did you, just did you lose me? Yeah, Hello? a little bit. Hello? You're back. Okay. Uh, I was not aware that MGM had a release date for Tomb Raider sequel, <laughs> and I did did not know that it was going to come out as soon as March. Um, I feel like that's but, how a lot of movies have been, because they're kind of realizing, like, if you remember Bill and Ted 3, the first right. trailer was a month before it came out. Uh, Monster right. Hunter, we said, is December 30th. Uh, the first trailer was what two weeks ago when we talked about it and so like normally standard before 2020 roughly six months you get the first trailer yep yep um so we're already five months away from march which is i guess when tomb raider 2 is coming out and if i'm being honest i didn't even know they were making this movie that's what I'm saying, and, and I'd like to think that I followed this up pretty closely over the years. I didn't know they were even making this. The last I had heard was that they were in talks about it. Like the, maybe a couple months ago, I had read that they the MGM was like, you know what? I think we will make a second movie. <laughs> and apparently, they already had it to premiere in March. Right. Which, which means... I don't know if that means that like filming lasted two months. At least a script's written, right? You well, if um... again, yeah. Probably. I think it has to be quick, which is crazy, but I was thinking about it the other day, too. Uh, there's been some buzz that, like, Spider-Man 3 has already started getting its set worked out. Spider-Man 3 is filming now. Right. Wasn't Uncharted filming, like, three weeks ago, and Tom Holland is the lead of both movies? Yep. Are they just filming non-Tom Holland scenes in for Spider-Man 3, or what's going on? <laughs> Are they done been, with Uncharted? I don't know if it's him in the suit, but I believe Spider-Man has been seen in the suit on set. Oh, okay, that's what it could be. It could be Stuntman. That's fair. again, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it is him, but I but I believe Spider-Man has been seen on set. 
I wonder if he'll be mad about that because I know he keeps pushing for them to let to do him all do of stunts because he's a very athletic kid. But and it might be him. It, like yeah. I don't know if it's. I have no reason to think it's not, other than just how much he's been filming recently. It's crazy how many movies he's been in this he's year. He's in his prime. He's young. What Very he, true. 20, he's like 25, 26. He's our age. He, yeah, he's our age. Uh, but he's been like he, working nonstop. Like, I mean, build up his filmography early. Like, maybe, wanna... maybe he's trying to retire at forty. I mean, you know, be like, I'll be the best known well, twenty to forty year old actor. It's kind of like, and then I'm done. It's kind of like, can he play Spider-Man as a forty-year-old? No. So he's got definitely do it there are definitely stories you can tell. Well, I mean, Tobey Maguire can. Like, Tobey Maguire can do it. He, yeah. He's unlimited in what he can do now, but he's Definitely. limited as a forty-year-old. Plus, I, but I it's really... not like he's just making Spider-Man movies. Like he was in Devil All the Time, then Uncharted immediately after. Then I'm excited this, to that, see what he does in his later career. Yeah, it will be very interesting. He's definitely up and coming. I mean, I didn't even know he was in Impossible, that a uh, movie about the tsunami that hit. I don't remember where. India? Philippines? I don't remember uh, where the tsunami hit. But uh, in the early was. 2000s. Um, and I remember seeing Granger's in it. Um, but yeah, Tom Holland's like 12 in that movie. <laughs> but like, uh, I was like, what? He's in that movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love the story of him being in his private school in England or whatever, yeah. where he's from. <laughs> And he was trying to impress a girl. No, it was in New York. It was, it was in, yeah. yeah, he was charter Cause, school. Because he, he said that, like... What did he say? He leaked the information to her, and she just didn't believe it. But it wasn't... The way it all started, the way he told he had, it is so funny that he joked that he's like, I've never been to, like, school. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we should send you to a New York, a New York school. And he's like, we should definitely do that. Of course, he's joking, right? Because uh, what actor, RA, what 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 20-year-old actor wants to go to New York, yeah. New York High School? Uh, and they sent him to a New York high school. And to impress a girl, he was like, I'm Spider-Man. And she said, no, you're not. <laughs> he laughed at him. I wonder what she's thinking now. Right. She She's... She's DMing his Facebook and like she's like or she's telling people like, Hey, so I was friends with Tom Holland in school. Yeah. And then he tells a story, I was like, This girl didn't believe me <laughs> And everyone's like, Oh, you're that girl. But uh Right. Yeah, I don't know. See he's got quite a filmography coming up. Um mm-hmm. let's uh keep moving along. What's the next topic? <laughs> Johnny D. A, a little bit of, a little, I guess, I don't know if it's sad news. So Johnny Depp has been forced to exit the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Uh, and this comes after the conclusion of the libel case, again, the UK um, court case between him and the tabloid The Sun, um, where they were tried. It's a whole thing. Yeah, we don't need uh, to go into details. So yeah, we, we don't need to go into that. So Johnny Depp lost the, the libel case. Um, and... In the aftermath of that, Warner Brothers has asked him to uh, step down from the role, um, and he's he was at, so he was he was asked and he said he you know what if this is the best thing for this franchise to move forward I'll do it so he respected that decision and agreed to it. Um, I hate that this has happened, but it's interesting because I've always said like I don't expect this movie to ever come out, and. <laughs> 
and they're moving forward. I mean, they're gonna have to recast the role, but I mean, they're supposedly they're moving forward with it. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, I, the the way I see it is like uh, everyone. It feels like everyone paying it even a modicum of attention to Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's life uh, has an opinion about right. which which way it goes, and I I don't know I trust the courts the courts certainly know a lot more about it than we do um but it is interesting how like and like i said i don't want to get into it but like clearly the fact that each one of them is winning certain parts of the argument there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. uh and so uh, i i wouldn't be mad if the studio did this but i also think they should part if they're going to do this based on just how muddled it is and there hasn't been such a clear decision about who was at fault i would think they would want to part ways with both actors just to cl- like wipe their hands clean of it all <laughs> of the whole situation the whole relationship but probably uh but from a fantastic beast standpoint uh i, I don't know if i care because i don't like <laughs> I, I I might be one of the only people that finds even the smallest amount of enjoyment in Fantastic Beasts 2. Uh, just because I was like... I, I was ready for this five-film franchise after the first one. I was like, alright, give them all to me. Uh, I then, was also ready for that after the first one. And then the second one's definitely worse than the first one i'm, I'm not an idiot so can but... y'all remind me the stories of one and two because i think i've seen both so one is about fantastic beasts and two is not yeah. <laughs> um, the franchise is fantastic beasts and where to find them the first movie right. is about that the, the first one is, is about newt scamander finding the beasts that uh climbed out of his suitcase and then the second one's about... And he the... meets up with the muggle, Kowalski. Yeah. Um, and then he's running from the American Ministry of Magic. Yeah. And then... um, which happens to be like this subplot that's actually super important of Ezra Miller's character, Credence, who's actually a Dumbledore. Which um, has issues, but hey, we'll just ignore that for now. It doesn't have that many issues. Mm. I don't think... D- Dumbledore could be a common name, man. Who knows how how many uh, ancestor how many cousins like Dumbledore had? It's maybe his grandfather had like twelve siblings, right? You don't know that they'd all be Dumbledores if they're men following normal naming conventions. Yeah, <laughs> okay. um, I, I definitely have seen both things. But yeah, and I I would totally be okay with if they bring Colin Farrell back. <laughs> they're, Colin, they're not gonna do that. Oh come on, Colin Farrell's such a good actor. Or they, here, they, here, he is a great actor, but they went to such an extent to say that he's not <laughs> Gellert Grindelwald. Yeah. But there's no way that they can bring him back. But hear me out. Hear me out. You bring back... And, and you'd probably still pay Johnny Depp money, which you can... on an, Listeners, you on an individual level can feel how you will uh, about this. But uh, So in the same way that uh, Colin Farrell is wearing prosthetics in the batman movie and he doesn't look like colin farrell you just make him look like make him look like johnny depp well then what's the point right (laughs) you can can grab any actor you can can grab any actor yeah colin farrell's a great actor (laughs) 
So I don't think they could get Colin um, Farrell to do it. But if we're talking about who we'd like to see it or who we'd have, but think about it, it, Colin Farrell is working right next door. He's working on the Batman. Like it's too easy to grab him. Ezra Miller's in the same situation with the Fantastic Beasts and the Flash. Uh, you. You just grab another DC. Character. I was thinking about this earlier, and I know, I know there's some history to this, but would you rather see? So you know how Nicolas Cage almost played Superman. Yes, Nicolas Cage as Grindelwald. No, no, no. I'm saying, <laughs> if he's imagine... allowed to be Nicolas Cage, I'm in. Beans. So would you rather see Nicolas Cage as? Well, two questions: a hero or a villain. And then, if you had to choose between heroes and villains, would you rather see him as Superman or Batman, or the Joker, <laughs> or uh, what's a what's another famous villain? That... I want to see Nicolas Cage's like polka dot man. <laughs> Just some really. I, I want to see Nicolas Cage as Poison Ivy. They should have put Nicolas Cage in Suicide Squad, in the sequel. In the Suicide Squad, they're they're bringing sure. all these actors out of yeah. the woodworks. They should have put Nicholas Cage. He's in getting it. up there in age, though. So um, yeah, but the, I mean, John Cena's in that movie. Yeah. Uh, have you not seen Liam Neeson jumping over the fence where it was made of thirteen cuts? And he's four still seconds, making action cuts. films. Like ten uh, years after that clip. To counter your point, I want to see Nicholas Cage play Poison Ivy. Uh, however, if we're going to talk about the recasting of the character, I'd like to see either, uh, it, and if you said bring in a DC person, uh, have Killian Murphy come play him. Because I think Killian Murphy ha- can play a great villain. Uh, he can, he has that, like, good looks that could also, he's, he's got good looks, he's got charisma to where I think he could be, like, a good cult, cult leader, but I which think, is basically what Grindelwald is. I think you lean slightly off of his looks, kind of like how they made Johnny Depp look very weird, and one eye is white i don't like the way they made no no no. it's definitely weird but i think you you double down on it just a little bit well well, we know that grindelwald had different eye colors right right right. but but you double down on it a little bit and have him magically change his look again into killian murphy but it's not killian murphy who looks like killian murphy it's also crazy makeup on him um because like it doesn't look like a normal johnny depp right it's Killian Murphy uh, playing Gellert Grindelwald to look like Killian Murphy. <laughs> so many layers. Uh, uh, so I'd like to see Killian Murphy pick. do that's that because I think he could play a great... Again, I'd like to see them move away from what they've done with Grindelwald because I'm not the biggest fan. Um, so I'd like to see either Killian Murphy or pretty or Mads Mikkelsen. Ooh, that's another good one. I think both of them could play really good Grindelwalds. Uh but that's just my choice. I don't know if you have any casting. Yeah, I know you said Nicholson might be too old. I don't know how old he is. Maybe he's not. He just looks old. I, I mean, <laughs> Grindelwald's supposed to be like in his forties, so. Okay. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I think those are pretty solid choices. They're they're probably better than Colin Farrell. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, um, if it had always been Colin Farrell, I think it would be cool. But oh, sure, Colin Farrell not, playing the playing the role yeah. would be great. Unfortunately, I don't think they can bring him back now. Right. Uh, so, in addition to losing uh, Johnny Depp as an actor for this, uh, <laughs> the film has been the film's release date has been pushed back from November of 2021 to the summer of 2022. Wow, that's a long more time. movies being pushed back. Yeah, 2021 release date being moved, and they're yep. getting ready to film this. So it's like yeah, starting to film. I think in 
what in May. Hopefully, hopefully they if they are still going to be making five movies. Hopefully mm-hmm. they're just like, all right, let's get our actors, let's line them up, and start filming them back to back. Just knock them all out. I'd really like them to do just kind of what Avatar is going to be doing and just filming them back to back to back. Yeah, J- just get it all done with, um, and then you don't need to bring anyone else back. <laughs> yeah. Um, just get them to come back once for a year, and. Yeah. And then you'll be able to tell, uh, hopefully, a more cohesive story than the second one. I um, mean, they still have to cover 19 years and three I movies, still so. stand by that the biggest... There's definitely the time problem. But the biggest problem that people have with the franchise is its name. Yes. It's but they, don't, but they don't realize it, that it's its name. Because the first one actually fit with the name. Right. Um, then we're going to get the third movie, and it's going to have very little to do with Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And it's gonna be the Grindelwald yeah. Chronicles. They they should yeah they they should call the third one just something completely different. Really, in reality, the third one probably is going to end up being more crimes of Grindelwald because the second one wasn't really about any crime. It was about like the plans of crimes. I'm pretty sure the only crime that he committed was breaking out of prison. He also, I don't know if he does it, but someone murders a, an infant. And that family, probably. <laughs> There's, like, that baby in the room the, of that apartment they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, that someone True. definitely kills. Um, which, that's a True. pretty big crime. <laughs> but it's not quite what we were expecting yet. Yeah. Right. Um, I, and... I still say, I, I think the Grindelwald story is a great story to tell from the Harry Potter, from the Wizarding World universe. I think it's great. I don't think it should have been this franchise. I yeah. think the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them would have been a cool anthology series where they just find random beasts around the world. That would have been cool. Yeah. It's kind of like Fantastic Beasts did so well that they were like, and this is like any movie franchise, oh, let's make another. And it's like... Well, well the plan from the beginning was to make five. Oh. Okay. It, yeah. it, it was. It was. But again, I think this is the wrong... I think they're trying to mesh Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them with the Grindelwald Dumbledore fight, which they will be building up to. But I think... But I don't think those go together. I, I think everyone under understates uh, Newt Scamander's importance, which they should, because history doesn't really remember him. So, like... Uh, but He's like, most known for writing a note. A very textbook. clearly, he's more important than we know because of his knowledge of... Uh, I forget what they were called in the first movie. Um, whatever Credence was. <laughs> oh, um... The, it starts with an O, right? Obscurial. What is that called? Obscurus. Obscurus. Obscurial. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Obscurus, uh, that's it, yeah. So, like, because of his knowledge of those, I feel like Newt Scamander is, like, actually very important to the war, because I think that's going to come up again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh... But the problem is everyone liked Fantastic Beasts for its Fantastic Beasts, mm-hmm. and not enough people liked it for the Grindelwald stuff. And so they, they really needed to... It, I wonder if it would have been better if they would have called the sequel just Crimes of Grindelwald, which, again, not a great name. But at least if you isolated away from the Fantastic Beasts name... 
Right. I wonder if it's a little better. Um, I, I do still think, yeah, having a separate Fantastic Beasts anthology would be cool. Um, like maybe it's about Newt Scamander's later years. Maybe he dies in the fifth one. I don't know. But <laughs> he doesn't. Uh, there you go. So, uh, yeah, maybe, but yeah, this franchise, it's kind of run into a lot of trouble with a lot of its actors, creators, writers, <laughs> all kinds of things. So, yeah. um, I think a lot of people are surprised it's still trucking along. Yeah. Before we get into the next topic, I have a question I'd like to ask y'all. I guess we didn't really answer the Nicolas Cage one either. I'm still oh, kind of uh, thinking about it, but and as I, as right before Taylor goes into that, uh, just to answer your question, uh, Josh Newt Scamander passes away in Harry Potter's second year at Hogwarts. So yeah, so like it would be cool if after the Grindelwald series, then they do give I guess people what they want, <laughs> uh, and just keep following Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander when he's like fifty, um, into actually finding more Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. Because remember, they yeah. they still have to go through uh, magical creature reform, I guess. Because <laughs> like the way Fantastic Beast picks up is everything, it, and it kind of goes into like Hagrid's line: every every creature that gets introduced, seriously misunderstood creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like Newt's whole purpose is to understand all of these super seriously misunderstood creatures. So just yep. do do more of that. Um, Alright, sorry, Taylor, what were you saying? Yeah, what's your question? What's your question? <laughs> Alright, so here's here's the here's the idea. So thinking about Star Wars. Why would we be talking about Star Wars right now? <laughs> so the next thing on our list is the Lego Star Wars holiday special trailer that recently came out. And before we talk oh, about geez. it, imagine this reality. So the current reality is that the worst Star Wars film is the holiday special from, you know, back in the day. Like, it's highly disapproved, and it's terrible, and people are like, yeah, you should have just never done it. Is it possible that the best and the worst Star Wars films could be holiday specials? (laughs) (laughs) You're asking whether the latest Lego Star Wars The Holiday Special, trailer, which is coming out uh, a week before Thanksgiving or something like that, uh, so in just, I guess it's a week from now or two weeks from now. Uh, could it be the best Star Wars film? Could it be the best Star Wars film? Because from the trailer, we see that <laughs> it's all about time travel and uh, Ray is just flying know. around meeting everybody. So uh, I think it's a definite possibility in my book, that, <laughs> and I think it would just be humorous to rank them that way. To have the top I can't end. tell whether you're uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up your point and say that one of the things that I like about the Star Wars franchise has been its lack of time travel. Uh, I will second Ian's point. And this one has time travel. Nothing so, but. And, <laughs> we've we've taken Star Wars and we brought it the one thing that it was doing great without time travel we know exactly what this is and there's no debate this is a kiss piece to sell more toys because basically we have all these characters from back in the day that we now can reach i mean isn't every lego movie a kiss piece to sell toys (laughs) they're literally toys but but they don't even have to make new stuff yeah because they just sell the old toys (laughs) (laughs) right they're just marketing old proud it it's your uh it's your Black Friday marketing ad. Yeah. It's your 
It's your Christmas toy list. Why would you buy (laughs) uh, episode four Lego toys from, you know, the the 90s and early 2000s? Oh, you can buy them now again because Ray's in them. (laughs) You get a Ray figurine with it. Yeah, that would be so funny if they resell old Lego sets and the only difference is they include a Ray figurine. (laughs) They'd do it too. Yeah. It's kind of genius. And that's why it's going to be my best. I've already decided. It has to be a terrible movie for me to not rank it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I will say, first hearing the pitch, I, I was definitely with Ian that, like, uh, I was like, oh, during um, Life Day, uh, which the first holiday special also focused on, uh, Ray time travels and learns the true meaning of Life Day. Uh, but uh, and goes to all three trilogies and whatnot. When I heard that pitch, I was like, "This sounds like the worst thing ever. This is awful." And then I got to thinking about it kind of recently, even before the trailer dropped. And I was like, "Yeah, but I do give like some credence for some animation things that I'm like, okay, well they're allowed to do some things. Plus, this thing's. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'll stick my neck out and say it's not canon." <laughs> I sure hope it's not canon. Um, so I was like, okay, well, like, what if it was just like a fan film? And then I was like, okay, but then the Lego movies were pretty good. Um, and then seeing this trailer, I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty funny. It was, it was a well cut trailer. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's definitely it. it's definitely funny. Uh, and when um, you think about like the history of the Lego franchises and media, like the best game series gotta be the star wars lego 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 star wars games and then you had all the recent lego movies like you had the lego movie which was a surprisingly well very good movie and then uh but and then what was it uh then it was lego batman which i thought was pretty good it's a little weird but it's pretty good yeah i Uh, want this movie to be a sequel to lego batman (laughs) that would be interesting (laughs) i'm excited to get a lego star wars movie and i think this is it i know and and that's why i'm excited about it and then uh, I I think my only other one that I think would be really fun to see would be a Lego Spider-Man, but yeah, I think it would be fun and I don't know if they'll ever do a Lego Spider-Man movie. I can see them doing a Lego Marvel movie. Yeah. I do think... Oh, a Lego Marvel movie, yeah. Um, I do think that, that this is their movie. one chance to make a Lego Star Wars movie. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't... But do you uh, think um, if this is a hit, which I don't know how we'll measure, but because it's it going debuting? on Disney Plus, okay, okay. Um, I I don't know how we'll measure the success of it, but I have no idea. I, I guess we'll just talk about whether people like it or not. Um, right. So if audience reactions to it are positive, uh, and let's even say overwhelmingly positive, this is their one chance to make it. But with that reaction, do they then get other chances? And what then do they make? I don't know, man. I don't... And I gotta say, Lego movies... I'm not, like, hounding animators in any way, but yeah, they are setting themselves up for, like, some nice cash stats. Because <laughs> guess what? what? What what do they need? They only need to animate or create a certain amount of blocks, and then they got the movie made. They just put different textures on the I don't stuff. know if it's that simple, but yeah. <laughs> it's probably not that simple. You, I mean, for the <laughs> most part, I'm pretty sure they render most of the blocks. Yeah, uh, and, because and like, the characters I all look the same think, thing. Yeah. I, was was it in was it in the yeah, Lego Batman the or was way. it in? Um, 
It was either in Lego Batman or Lego Movie, but I'm pretty sure every single one of them had like the Lego logo on the bricks. Dang. It was rendered on every single one of them. I do bet it's got to be pretty easy to render, like in the Lego Movie 1, those dance sequences. Mm-hmm. That's probably actually a lot easier than it looks. Than doing because like it's just a... copying and pasting. Yeah. Like, everything's right. so closely identical. Well, the idea is, like, every model that you make is unique. That, like, say it's a different... So, you gotta think of, like, when you're making a model to animate, you have to rig it and essentially create, like, a skeletal structure. Right. Legos all have the... Well, Leg- Lego figurines typically all Most, have the same skeletal structure. Yeah. yeah. And then once you pre-program a movement for that skeletal structure and you verify that it looks good... Boom! You're you good. can just th- add that to the rest. Yeah, the only thing you need to worry about is if they're holding an object. If that object crosses into like another object and it looks weird, like it I will say, and I don't know if this is true. This is purely conjecture, but I, I think that Lego movies are probably easier to animate than other animated movies. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what we're saying. Um, yeah. I was very surprised that the Mandalorian made it into the movie. Same. <laughs> uh, I think that's weird. Based do you think this is gonna? Do you think that scene is gonna be? I think that something that we've seen seen already, like from season one, or or even something from season two, or is it just gonna be just a fun little Ooh, gag or something that we have? Like it, it doesn't actually take place in an episode. Uh, it could be on Tatooine, and maybe, it's just something. Yeah, it's just something. Again, I I'm hoping Lucas, this is not Lucasfilm canon. is listening to me now, saying it's not canon. Please, the the please, only please. thing that they could possibly do with time travel to redeem it is for like them to go to the point in Return of the Jedi after Darth Vader throws Palpatine uh, down the ventilation shaft and then you show what was originally in Legends of Sidious putting his soul, his mind in the in the clone into a clone body um and and i wouldn't even say into the clone body i think you you skip necessarily that part but like maybe he's going to put it in clone body so in legends he kind of did what was in canon a handful of times where he moves his consciousness around yep but uh but one of the times it's only a few years after return of the jedi i think uh, that he's moving his consciousness. There's some older Jedi that survived Order 66 that starts feeling Sidious's presence and he realizes what Sidious is doing. And he's just some obscure Jedi that we don't ever really talk about. And he figures out what Sidious is doing. And one time, while Sidious is transferring his consciousness, this Jedi like force kills him. Like, it's really weird. But like, Okay, recanonize that one power and just go to that moment at Return of the Jedi and kill Sidious. Like, while he's transferring his consciousness. And then the sequels all have to change, right? And then. We get to remake uh, the sequels and then, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But otherwise, like. I. Yeah. At if, best, if I hope this is. At best. Best, I hope this uh, is like just a fun little fan servicey. Yeah, it looks a, fun. Here, Let's keep. Here's fun. the characters from the new trilogy going and visiting all the, like the the important stuff from the prequel and the original of, trilogy. Yeah. All the key moments. A lot of family friendly humor as well. Right. We'll see. That'll probably be half the movie. It's just jokes and little. Guitar. And if that's what it is, that's great. Um, Best movie. <laughs> that, it. 
it will you can, probably you can like it for what it is if it is that it will probably be uh one of the most undivisive star wars movies yeah uh, and, up and, there with like the original you, trilogy you got you gotta agree with me though when you're ranking the star wars films you have to ask yourself okay number one i mean i haven't seen the holiday special and i also haven't seen ewok adventure and caravan of courage and uh, <laughs> but if, you have if to we're ask talking yourself, star wars movies what okay has legos in it okay only one so that's number one obviously <laughs> and then that's and then after you can start ranking them because they all have them. because everything is below that bar of <laughs> yeah. has legos in it <laughs> yeah uh maybe <laughs> uh, just leave it leave it what it is just a fun little thing before and, we and... end on it do you still think it'll be the best star wars movie at a runtime of 44 minutes it's only 44 minutes yeah yep it might be the most concise which is crazy because it sounds the most complicated <laughs> right yeah that's incredible that it's that short there we're planning not... on time traveling to nine different movies that's in five 44 minutes, of, minutes what is that five minutes of and presumably we'll be in this like 10th movie kind of state for the beginning and the end of the movie before and after the time travel so if you want to give like a a band on it like a try to partition it up if it's 44 minutes and she does let's say 15 minutes on the front and back end like seven minutes on each end right that seems kind of long, though. But that only leaves 30 minutes for the rest of the movie. I would say means... seven minutes probably on the front end. but then On the front. The end's probably going to be like three two. minutes because she'll come yeah. back. They'll realize okay, so it's happy. 35 minutes Fireworks. for nine movies? Right. So that's about three to four, four minutes. Four minutes. Four minutes a movie. I'm trying to think how reasonable <laughs> it is. It means you're not sitting on moments long. Like it, Very you're, true. You're jumping true. straight into the moment. Like... Darth Maul's already pulling his lightsaber on Qui Gon. It'll probably and feel like a TV special. Uh, yeah, and which I mean, is what the first one was. Yeah, forty five um, yeah. I don't know what the runtime was of the first holiday special, but I think it was supposed to be an hour TV special. So maybe that is about the same. Uh, man, the Star Wars holiday special is back. <laughs> I know we got I another bet one. George is exactly celebrating what we wanted. <laughs> He's so unhappy. <laughs> Uh, God, he is the epitome of the, the Bob, not the Bob, uh, the Mister Incredibles boss. <laughs> He's just so <laughs> unhappy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, he, everything, and then Lucasfilm is Bob Parr is Mister Incredible. <laughs> so one last question: Are you excited for this? Yes, I wasn't like, until the trailer. The trailer looks fun. Yeah. Okay. I'll enjoy uh, it, and in my mind, it won't be canon no matter what they do. Yeah, but <laughs> a, I'm not uh, a big Batman fan just because I've never. I, th- I think it's a cool story. I like the Joker, and but he's just cool a cool story. There, you, how many stories of Batman have you known? There's like thousands, there's only one story. There's obviously. thousands of Batman stories, man. Well, well it's a cool story. How primitive. No. <laughs> the but but. Uh, I will say it's nice to get another Lego movie that I can, uh, uh, I guess, relate or be more invested in since I do like Star Wars quite a bit, I guess. Right. 
It's more That's in your fair. wheelhouse. I think That's if fair. there was a, I mean, golly, if there was a Harry Potter Lego movie, ooh. That'd be a good one to do. There was a game. There's games for it. There's several games. The, games. the games were fun. They were hard, though. Would <laughs> you like game. a Lego Lord of the Rings? Those got games. I don't know. I think it'd be kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't be much going on. Cause, like, yeah. The future of movies. They're just Lego movies. Plus, <laughs> just, plus we have... Where like, are the they're Play Lego Mobile movies? They're Lego movies of previous movies. <laughs> Isn't that like the worst movie of the what year or something? What would be the worst Lego movie? Probably just like a rom-com. Like, <laughs> any, any of A them. normal rom-com. Uh, no, a Legos. holiday rom-com. Like a Christmas A Hallmark movie? movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a Hallmark movie. <laughs> Legos. That'd be pretty bad. Oh, jeez. Um, what's a big <laughs> right, franchise should... that would make terrible Lego movies? We should oh, do well, it would be any, any horror film would be terrible. Like Jaws. It would be a, so much fun though. Like, would, like <laughs> you could make it as like quote unquote gory as you want. Just pieces burst out. Of now you. Sharknado. I know it's a parody. Like it's a satire right. film. That as a Lego movie would be pretty funny. I, I was even thinking uh, Fast and Furious. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious would be cool. It would probably be more believable. If they're Legos. Ooh, the, I'm thinking about, like, the, the uh, I don't know if dichotomy is the right word, but, like, a real crime, like, serial killer movie. It's not dichotomy. But it's Lego, so it's, like, completely conflicted with its medium. I think that would be, like, this. the characters this are super very serious, serious movie. And there's, like, a guy just murdering people, but it's, like, Legos, so it's just, like, kind of comedic in a way. A true crime drama, but Legos. Yeah. God. Uh, All right, let's. Uh... Someone's got to try that though. Eventually. I know they're never going to sponsor that, but Jesus, they never allow it. <laughs> It'd be interesting. Uh, well, what's what's our last our last uh, our our last story is that uh, that's right. Every what we all wanted, Loki TV show is getting a second season. Oh, thank after goodness. the I've critical been reviews years for of, this. After the critical reviews of the first season. You know, which hasn't come out. We're getting a second one. It's already confirmed. Not only has the first season not come out, it doesn't have a release date. <laughs> yeah. Have they... I assume they filmed the first season? Uh, you, you'd think so. You'd hope. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the way this article talks about it, that they're looking to do 8 to 12 episodes, is that for one season? Is that both seasons? It so looks each like... one is six? It, it looks like it's probably going to be two seasons with each one being six episodes because that's kind okay. of what they've been doing so far. We already know that One Division and Falcon the Winter Soldier have six episodes. Okay. They're they're likely to stick with that uh, for for this one. Um, and Clark Gregg, who plays uh, Phil Coulson, uh, was saying that Tom Is Hiddleston he in the him. show? No. Why the heck are this... we talking to him? I because mean, he talks to Tom back, Hiddleston. But... Because because he talks to Tom Hiddleston. Uh, and he he had said that Tom had said that they were filming like ten to twelve episodes, and he, Clark was hoping that was wishing that that was how he had. That's how he was wishing that that was how Agents of Shield had been the whole uh, time. for them. Yeah, the whole time rather than you know the twenty something episode series. Yeah, which is what they got at the very end. But I mean, with twenty episode series, you you there has to be like a few yeah. like filler episodes. You it's can't tough have to do character development over. 18 right. hours right um and then really over 100 hours because five seasons or something like how many times can which is why 
the Arrowverse in my mind has so many problems because it feels like every other episode the Flash is learning he needs to work as a team but then he needs to own up to his own powers and then, my... <laughs> like it's so yeah. back and forth that like which lesson does he actually need to learn <laughs> it's speaking of problems with, with the Flash I don't remember what season it was it was in I think it's it was what I think it was the first season that his daughter showed up. So what, five, four? I don't, I don't know, five. I think. Five. Um, there was one where he had to run fast enough to just stop a bomb that had already exploded, and he ran so fast that he pretty much stopped all time. And he spent like the entire episode just figuring out how he could possibly save people. And like clearly, his body's getting worse and worse because he's sweating and getting more exhausted as he's this fast. But if he's able to do this. It ruins the he, whole show. It ruins the whole show. There should <laughs> never be a point against any enemy ever again where he's too slow. Yeah, unless ever. he has velocity nine problems or something. Because like... he has reached a speed that time has stopped, slowed down to a crawl. Right. And even if he only does it for like a millisecond, that's still hours to him. So he should be able to stop everything, any problem, any enemy, any anything. I don't know. But then, like, the very next episode, he's, he's not fast enough. But yeah, going back on uh, subject, back to Loki. All right, uh, rant over. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm definitely with you. Uh, Taylor, what do you think about Loki getting a season two? <laughs> I like to think that he was acting on set, and they were... They just had so much extra footage, they were like, you know what, we'll just approve the second season since it's already We're not going to cut anything. <laughs> it's all there. They were There's like, no oh, edits. Cut, we're done. Yeah. And then he just keeps playing Yoki. 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 Yoki Bear. And yeah. uh, they were like, wait, wait, cut it back on. Cut it back on. This is good. And he just He's like at the, the catering stand. <laughs> <laughs> He's just interacting with people on set. You muling Quim. Uh, right. The whole show is about him filming the show <laughs> in the second That'd be very meta. But yeah, it's kind of interesting because like Clark Gregg saying that kind of sounds like it was always supposed to be t- 10 or 12 episodes, which means I guess they just weren't like sure. From the beginning, they, were, they, they weren't sure if they were cutting it in half, basically. Interesting. Um, so you think they like they, it was either going to be one season of 12 episodes or two of six? Yeah, I think so. That's kind of the so way that's an Clark Gregg's sentence quote reads that's an interesting point um because it's like how did he know that it was getting a season two or is season one remember this isn't confirmed from marvel this is mostly just surrounding clark Gregg's line (laughs) Mm -hmm. um that his quote has inspired us to talk about this that tom hiddleston is doing 10 or 12 episodes which kind of sounds like so so everyone's interpreting it as oh well if a marvel tv show is six episodes then mm-hmm. loki i guess is two seasons but it doesn't necessarily read that way to me or if it is two seasons it sounds like it was always going to be like 10 or 12 episodes that's fair um that's the way it reads to me i don't know um, although i'm excited if there's enough content to get a second season out of this i was expecting this to be a one-off and then we don't see the character ever again it's very interesting to me that and I mean, maybe it is kind of a kiss piece to the character of saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, since his, Loki's character uh, ends very abruptly at the beginning of Infinity War. Right. 
Um, so the two biggest Marvel films, Loki's barely in it. Um, and so he gets this kind of isolation story, which, cool. Um, and maybe it is saying goodbye, and that would be the only reason necessarily, because it's like, why wasn't this an option for Falcon and Winter Soldier? Why wasn't WandaVision longer? Why this, that, and the other thing? <laughs> like, it's weird that Loki is the the third piece in the puzzle, and he's the one with the longest story to tell. Right. Um, also, not a hero. Like, yeah, this is gonna be. Like, this is also not the Loki that was in Thor Ragnarok that had the turnaround. This is the one from Avengers who's not a good guy. Right. He just failed at being space Hitler on Earth, and now. And now he's going off on his own to do whatever. With the space stone. With That's the space what he stone. needs. More power. Right. <laughs> Man, I, and we still don't even know what the plot of this is going to be. We have no idea what no to, idea. to expect from the show. Um, there's a lot of talk that we'll get to see different versions of Loki. Um, right. Like a kid Loki, a female Loki, because Loki I mean, is an illusionist takes right. many forms um so yeah i mean i i have no idea where this is going <laughs> i don't know i'm still excited for but it but it's supposed to be it's... our third one which you figure then like march maybe right? uh what, what else would be coming out i mean wandavision's coming out in december probably falcon winter soldiers shortly after that so maybe february that puts loki in march april territory mm-hmm. um yeah I, I don't know um what's crazy and the reason i still say falcon and winter soldier is coming out immediately after wandavision is because uh i saw this today but i didn't fully understand what it was i guess disney plus is launching in latin america or something okay very shortly from now and mm-hmm. Uh, as part of their launching promo, they had WandaVision. Sure, that's obvious. That's coming out very soon. Uh, but then they had Falcon and Winter Soldier immediately after. And it was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> guess this is still in the immediate future. Um, but otherwise, like, because we haven't heard a lot about Falcon and Winter Soldier, I don't even think it. It still hasn't even been officially moved. Right. It's it, we. It was supposed to come out in August and just didn't. And that was the last we heard of it. And everything else is now just speculation about when we think it's going to come out. But the fact that they made that promo package, and it was in there, I would think it was in there for a reason. Hopefully, it's coming out soon. Uh, yeah, I hope. I hope. Do we know what division's date? over? Yeah, so do we know what date it's it's um, Disney Plus is coming out in, in Latin America? Uh, I don't know for sure. Because if it's sometime like in the next month or so, whatever, maybe it's gonna be like there on drop. No, no, because it's dropping in Latin America on November seventeenth. Oh, then no. Uh. So, like, what's interesting is, so that we've got Mandalorian right now, and if WandaVision doesn't overlap with that, that means WandaVision's first week, I think, uh, would be Christmas weekend, 
which also has Wonder Woman potentially going to theaters, but also on Disney Plus, Soul is coming mm-hmm. out that that same uh, weekend. So, does WandaVision and Soul start the same weekend? Maybe. Does WandaVision start earlier? Possibly. Does WandaVision start afterwards? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, there's just been a lot of a lot of silence around these finished products. Uh, yeah, who knows? Because like I said, it sounds like Loki might even be done. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the fact that they're casting for their other shows, I think, lends credence to the first ones being done filming. Mm-hmm. Um, so that now their focus can be elsewhere. Um, also, go ahead and let me know how many times I said Credence in this video, whether I was <laughs> talking about uh, Ezra Miller's character from Fantastic Beasts, or just as a word. Uh, it's a great word. Uh, otherwise, I think that's probably all we got. Uh, Taylor Wilson, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Uh, Ian Rismondo, as always, thanks for reading the news, giving your opinion. Thanks for having showing me. up today. Thanks for recommending Sunshine this week. That, that was your Absolutely. pick. I had my initial doubts, and I was vastly wrong. <laughs> um, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, however, you have a second recommendation, which we'll be watching next week, and I've got my doubts again. <laughs> this one, I think, is fair. I So the movie we'll be watching next week is called Moon. Right. Uh, Sunshine, Moon... There's you know, the, the new Pokemon it. games, yeah. Um, <laughs> I It has an interesting story, but I don't know how well it's going to be executed. The only thing it's got going for me right now is Sam Rockwell's in it. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a great actor. But otherwise, it sounds like an isolation story, which are very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Moon will be next week's review. We're also going to just like every weekend be doing our mandalorian episode three review so make sure to watch that and tune in for that uh but otherwise moon will be next week in the middle of the week uh i'm joshua troop this is unanimous indecision we'll catch you next time